Trigger alert, trigger alert. In this podcast, the hosts make light of serious situations that happen in real life. This may or may not include sexual assault. If you expect these topics will make you feel uncomfortable, we urge you to press stop and listen to some other episode of Caustic Soda. Thanks. This is the Gulag Rurapente. There is no stockade, no guard tower, no electronic frontier. Only a magnetic shield prevents beaming. Punishment means exile from prison to the surface. On the surface, nothing can survive. Work well, and you will be treated well. Work badly, and you will die. As far as jokes go, the iron gag is lock solid. I'm Kevin Leeson. Prison hoax, less smashing, and more hard labor. I'm Torn Atkinson. Cruel prison guard thinks he's in charge? Some prisoners poked holes in that theory. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. <laughs> The word prison comes from Latin prehensio, which means a taking, uh, so captivity, and therefore by extension, a place for captives, which is the main modern sense. Prehensio. Prehensio. It, it kind of sounds like a like Shakespeare a sh- character. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm prehensio. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there's something anti-Semitic thrown in for good measure. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the word jail comes from the late 13th century Jail, G A Y H O L. Are you sure that's not pronounced gay hole? I Ooh. am not sure of anything right now. <laughs> uh, it's from Old North French uh, jail and Old French jail, both meaning a cage or prison. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dyke phobia, D I K E phobia, is uh, not fear of Ellen DeGeneres, as my mistyping, uh, Googling to double check it found out. It is actually the fear of justice. Oh. And clythrophobia or clysiophobia is the fear of being locked in an enclosed space. That happens Ooh. in prison sometimes. I yeah. think it does, yeah. Now, we already talked about POW camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about prison tattoos in the body modification episode. Okay. Yep. Listeners could revisit the improvised weapons episode for some information on shanks. Right. For example, the one minute of toilet paper that we talked about. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So are we going to have anything left to talk about? I mean, oh, my God, yes. We're crossing off a lot of things. Well, and on the alcohol episode, we talked about Pruno. We definitely. Who remembers about, what Pruno is? I think we is. even did talk about Pruno in a follow-up. They, they make Pruno in a toilet, right? Actually, I found out that more often it happens in because each prisoner gets a box for, uh, to put uh, under their bed. Okay. Uh-huh. So they just throw like the ketchup and the oranges and the bread and whatever else right. into that box. And then it opens up and smells like barf, and you drink it, and okay. you, get, you get drunk. Right. right. <laughs> nice. I think Miscarriage of Justice will be its own episode. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So the like old wrongful, wrongful conviction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Prison Riot will be its own episode. Of course. Wow. Of so course. much content in prisons. I so, love their music, too. Prison I, Riot? I guess it sounds yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, the Russian girls. The yeah. Russian girls. Yeah. I love their music. But they, uh, they were in prison, they right? They were in prison. That's mm-hmm. right. And Prison Break, also will not be discussed today. It'll oh, be its own episode. When we break prisons. Yeah, when oh, we snap like when them we break half. a story about a prison or when we like knock down a wall of a prison or uh... all of the above. Okay. Any break anything that are breaking except for your spirit, <laughs> right? <laughs> we talked about which happens pretty much constantly. Uh or your hymen. Oh. And solitary confinement I think can probably be its own episode as well. 
Oh, okay. Solitary confinement is, wow. is going to be its own episode? So, so we're going to talk about prisons, but only when you're in there with other people? Holy cow. At its most basic level, uh-huh. the fundamental difference between jail and prison is the length of stay for inmates. Oh, okay. okay. Jails are usually run by local law enforcement and or local government agencies and are designed to hold inmates awaiting trial or serving a short sentence. Oh, so this is like drunk tanks? Yeah. This is uh, mm-hmm. what I see when I watch that uh, that sheriff cop spinoff. There's a cop spinoff called Sheriff. Well, I, I mean, spinoff, copycat, whatever not, you want to call it. I guess I should remove the surprise from my voice. Yeah. There was like a sheriff spinoff of sheriffs with Steven Seagal yeah. in it. Yeah, I mean, you really can't get much cheaper than uh, put some guys with a camera in a car and follow cops around and film you stuff. You certainly like, can't get much cheaper yeah. than Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> Prisons are operated by state governments and are designed to hold individuals convicted of crimes. Right. This is true in the U.S. and Canada. Pop quiz. They are not allowed pop in prisons. Oh, that's cruel and unusual Probably punishment. not true. Probably not true. Okay. <laughs> All right. Prison, especially PepsiCo's prison. I would be, <laughs> the one owned by PepsiCo? Yeah. I, I would be brewing my own carbonated beverage in my little box. That's what I would be doing. In order Just to get by my... farting in it? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you use whatever kind of uh, bubbles you can get. Uh, you know, in the PepsiCo prison, it probably says, like, bottled in, and then, like, the oh, state yeah. of your firm, yeah, like, yeah, on yeah. their prison uniforms. Thanks to our researcher helper, Dave E., for a bunch of this stuff. Uh-huh. What U.S. state imprisons more people per capita than any other state? Texas. Oh, it's got to be Texas. Louisiana. Oh! Bah. The Louisiana what? State Penitentiary. So it's the big easy. It's not the big locky. It's <laughs> not the big prisony. It's the big easy. What the hell is going on in Louisiana? Well, it's easy to get into prison. Oh, oh. oh I thought it meant something else. I thought everybody was easy going. The Louisiana State Penitentiary is a maximum security prison farm. Okay. It is sometimes called Angola. After the name of the post office that serves the prison. As opposed to the sweaters that they make there. Yes. Angola is the country's largest maximum security prison with 6,300 defenders and 1,800 staff. Okay. From the beginning, that's 1835, it was a brutal for-profit farming operation. A system in some ways reminiscent of slavery, but with less incentive to keep the workers alive. Uh, (laughs) Right, because uh, you haven't invested anything in them. You've just taken them off the streets, so to speak. And 1835 did predate, you know, the abo- uh, abolition of slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows what a panopticon is? Panopticon. Uh, that is the transformer that goes from yes. a flute-playing satire <laughs> to a giant eyeball. The uh, panopticon. Right. It mm-hmm. sounds like something that you would store superhero, supervillains in, like some kind of uh, supervillain prison Right? Uh-huh. Isn't it a prison design where, like, it's easy to keep an eye on all the prisoners or something like that? Yes. In 1791, a British social reformer designed the Panopticon. The prison design allows a centrally placed observer to survey all the inmates as prison wings radiated out from its central position. Oh, so it's like yeah. shaped like a wheel. Yeah. Yes, shaped like a wheel with, right. the, with the guards in a tower at the spoke okay. of the wheel. Right, okay. All right. Yeah, looking up. Uh, the term comes from Panoptes, a mythological Greek giant who had 100 eyes. Oh, right. and and his name comes from pan meaning uh, all, all, and optic meaning eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. So, why did convicts wear black and white stripes? Uh, so that they, if they were like running through the field that's, to escape, uh, it would create a visual cue. Like you know, I you thought. had the stalks going up and down of the corn, or the oh. wheat that they'd run through, and then the horizontal stripes would. You know, uh, make it easier for them to stop. It was like an optical thing. Yeah, I thought it was just an easy way to identify them from the regular population. Mm-hmm. They they are not slimming like up and down stripes, so right. they really oh. pop. They look wider. Look, than our they prisoners would are all look. very well fed. Yes, precisely. <laughs> 
black and white striped prison uniform goes back to the Auburn prison prison system that started in New York in the 1820s. Mm-hmm. In this system, prisoners had to be silent, walk in lockstep, and they all wore black and white uniforms covered in stripes that symbolized prison bars. Oh. The uniforms made prisoners immediately recognizable as criminals, so if a prisoner escaped, the public could easily distinguish them from the non-criminal population. That's right. Gotcha. Until those punk-ass kids started wearing stripy clothes because yeah. yeah. they thought it was cool to look like a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Then they were all thrown in prison, and they said, oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Eventually, by the mid-20th century, these prison stripes fell out of favor, and solid-colored jumpsuits became the norm. In recent years, though, mm-hmm. the striped prison uniform has been making a comeback as more prisons are abandoning the orange jumpsuit. In fact, prison supplier Bob Barker... Okay. Like the host of The Price is Right? Remember, folks, to spay and neuter all of your prisoners. <laughs> like... That, that's not uh, like no, a guy a that guy. just oh, happened to be named yeah. Bob. Okay. He has a whole line of striped jumpsuits available in a rainbow of colors. Huh. Can you get rainbow stripes? I didn't see those. I did oh. go to the website. It's just yeah. bobbarker.com. Oh. And okay. you can, uh, I, I now, invite sure all of our Bob, listeners. Are you sure it's not Bob Arker? It's America's leading detention supplier. <laughs> oh, okay. Maximum security. Minimum and risk. I invite everyone to go to the clothing section right. and uh, take a gander at the models. Ooh, I like the suicide isolation blanket. Go to institutional uniforms. It looks like the kind of thing that you would wear for Halloween it, that you bought very cheaply somewhere. I'm interested to know where... Did they hire these models? Did they just <laughs> grab them out of prison and try to smile a little bit, maybe? Or don't be terribly no, sad? No, I think these are actually detainees. That is, uh, that, and they're getting paid 50 cents an hour. Probably. It's like, hey, who wants to come out of their cell for like 25 minutes? Yeah. You yeah. got to wear this orange I think they're legit detainees. I don't even think that's It's probably, yeah, we got your new uniforms. Here you go. You get a brand new one. Stand there. We're taking a picture. All right, fine. Yeah. Sign this form. Okay. So for the extra humiliation. Next question. In 1924, Pennsylvania Governor Gifford Pinchot Hmm. allegedly sentenced a black Labrador retriever, Pep, to a life sentence at Eastern State Penitentiary. Uh What was the charge? Life sentence. Dug up his rose garden. Uh, sniffing his balls. Sniffing his balls. Yeah. Punishable By offense. Life, life sentence, yeah. Pep allegedly murdered the governor's wife's cherished cat. Oh. Prison records support this story. Pep's inmate number C2559 is skipped in prison intake logs and inmate records. However, the reason for Pep's incarceration remains a subject for some debate. Mm-hmm. A contemporary newspaper article reported that the governor donated his own dog to the prison to increase inmate morale. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you can view Pep's mugshot on CausticSodaPodcast.com. Oh, oh okay. All it, right. it could have been both. He could have killed the cat and gone, I can't keep it around the house. I'm just yeah. going to donate, air quotes, yeah, to the right. prison. Because it start with the cat, end with the kids. Yeah, well, you know, just, Pep just, is on, Pep is on the ladder, the mauling ladder. His wife can't look at the dog anymore, right? right. Like, it's, it's mm. every time she sees it, it's going to remember that's the dog that killed her cat. Are you sure it wasn't just a misunderstanding when somebody said, oh, I wrecked that pussy? <laughs> you think the dog said that? Oh, something like that. That's right. You're going in prison for talking. It's illegal for dogs to do that. <laughs> All right. Here comes the prison slang part of the pop quiz. Oh. I'll give you the slang. You tell me what it means. Uh-huh. Punk. That is somebody who is a of lesser social status in the yard. Is that when you jump somebody? You punk them. You jump them and punch them from out of nowhere or something. It is someone who performs sexual acts for little or no profit. Someone's oh. bitch. Quote okay. Unquote. All okay. right. Yahoo. 
Oh, a really terrible search engine that nobody uses on the prison computers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Yahoo is what you say when you're with your bitch, I no, guess. No, it's it, because it's a terrible search engine that nobody uses. The prison slang is the most terrible thing that could possibly happen in the prison yard. Oh, it's when you're looking for something but can't find it? Yeah. <laughs> a Yahoo is someone who is always running their mouth about others. Okay. okay. Mouth. Binky. Binky. Well, I know what that means to a kid. That typically means their blanket, uh-huh. right? Their little, their little comforter. Uh, is your maybe it's your binky is the person that you cuddle up with at night, like your blanket. Like you don't have sex with them, mm. but you just like you know. Oh, it's my security you, inmate. Your security <laughs> inmate. Yeah, <laughs> just come here and keep me warm at night. Ah, uh. maybe it is the blanket. It's like an extra. If you you know curry some favor with a guard, mm. you can get an extra comfy blanket. It's a pretty cute name for a blanket for prisoners, yeah. though. I need my binky. <laughs> I can't sleep without it. It is a homemade prison syringe. Oh. Because oh. it's the noise it makes when it pierces your skin? Bink. <laughs> yep. BB filler. BB filler. BB filler. BB filler. That's the pedophile ward. <laughs> mm. There's special wards for those? He's a baby filler, is what he's saying. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's lordy. terrible. Yeah, thank you. Oh lordy, I'm sad. I, I feel bad that I figured it out and Torin didn't. Uh, BB filler is probably. I can't think of a big butt. It's a it's a huge penis. It's a huge penis. It's a big butt filler. Okay. BB stands for body bag. Oh okay. Oh, so dead so person is a usually a very ill prisoner. Oh okay. okay. All right. Bang up. A bang up. Uh, that's a gangbang. The, or the subject of a The victim of a gangbang. Uh, bang up is probably uh, where you jump somebody and fight them. I, there's got to be a word for that. Time locked in a cell. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. As opposed to out meandering about in the yard right. or whatever. Is that because mm-hmm. the only entertainment you've got is banging on the door? <laughs> Brake fluid. Brake fluid. Brake fluid is what you rub over your body so you can oh. fit through your escape tunnel. No, it's 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 something you break out <laughs> right, with the fluid. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, I think it's just uh, something that you drink. You you actually it's actually brake fluid. You just use it for uh, intoxication purposes. Oh, you you drain it from the cars yes, in the yard. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh God, brake fluid. Mm, delicious brake fluid. <laughs> so Makes literally, me stop living. So, so, so his answer to brake fluid is it's brake fluid. Yeah, precisely. Psychiatric meds. Oh, is the answer. Okay. Oh, break psychotic work. break. Ooh. So it stops your... Uh-huh. Well, it is spelled all, B-R-A-K-E. I see. I oh. feel like I should be getting all these because they're all kind of plays on words and punny. Yeah. Dingwing? Oh, that's the psychiatric word. That is the psychiatric uh, word. Yeah. There you go. You knew that one. Well, wing. Well, it, it's either that or it's a, it's a dyslexic talking about his favorite font, wingding. Or... <laughs> <laughs> or, yes. or it's the dildo that they all share because it can fly around like a drone. It's got little wings. I it's the got ding it. wing. That's the dong wing. Hey, wong. hey, send the dong wing over here. <laughs> I need it tonight. Ho check. And that's H-O-E. Ho check. Okay, thank you. Ho check. Uh, uh, they, when the guards you know, check each cell for unauthorized sexual activity. I'm going to say check each cell for holes because they think you used a hoe to make it. Mm-hmm. It is a group beating given to a oh. prisoner to see if he'll stand up for himself. Okay. Lock in a sock. Oh, a weapon. Th- literally a lock in a sock that you use to beat somebody with. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. I watch Orange is the New Black. Porcelain termite. 
Porcelain termite. Porcelain termite is okay. So termites eat wood, but if it's a porcelain termite, it eats porcelain. So is th- that somebody that's uh, puking in the toilet all the time? Porcelain termite cavities. Cavities. It's a dental reference. It is a prisoner who busts up the toilet or sink in a cell when mm. he or she gets upset. Okay. Yeah. Oh, prison pocket. Prison pocket. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing that you fuck. Is it a hidden place that you keep your your contraband? It is. A person's anus, uh-huh. also known as a prison safe. Yeah, the safest place to keep drugs, shanks, dice, etc. During cell, cell inspections and transfers. We were both right, and you can also fuck it. I'm you, sure. You, uh-huh. Yes, you can. Watch out for the shank that's in there. No, yeah, just make sure <laughs> that the shank has been removed. Backdoor parole. <laughs> Backdoor parole. Uh, escape. It's got something to do with fucking. It is to die in prison. Ah, oh. die in prison is the backdoor I parole. I was sort of right. Public service announcement. So you're going to prison. Uh Uh-huh. Here's some tips. Okay. This is mainly for dudes. And some of this is uh, U.S.-centric. Be sure to take advantage of any medical care outside of prison if you have enough time to do that before you go to prison. Right. The choice and quality of care is significantly better outside of prison. Get your vasectomy done so you don't have any unwanted pregnancies while you're inside. Certain treatments that you take for granted might not be available in prison. Uh, or won't be nearly as good, like dental work. Uh-huh. If you wear glasses, you may want to have an eye test and get new lenses. Oh, they smash glasses as soon as you walk into prison, Is don't they? Is that true? They, uh, they, they just walk in there, and it's all like, hey, four eyes, and it's just like the schoolyard, right? Uh, I don't know. Bring the maximum amount of, amount of money that you are allowed to take to prison. You may be allowed a certain amount of money, up to $500. Okay. This money will be used to buy supplies that you may need while incarcerated. You will need money for supplies such as stamps, envelopes, snacks, and also hygiene supplies. Right. Mm-hmm. Cash is not necessarily and will be confiscated. It's best to go in with a postal service money order as they are widely accepted in all uh, federal and state prisons. Wait. Okay. So if you show up with $500 in cash, it will be confiscated and you won't get to spend it on any of those things. But if you bring money, like a order. money order or a cashier's check or whatever, then they'll put it into an account and hold on to it for you. I guess so. Why? That's an odd policy. Or I guess maybe it's not if you're the prison system and you just yeah. want to take people's money. Yeah. yeah. Additionally, don't let anyone know that you have money. Pretend that you're poor and penniless. Mm-hmm. That way there's no danger of other prisoners trying to extort money. Mm, got it. You. Get a daily newspaper subscription. This will help you keep you sane, and it's easier than reading a book. Oh. And um, keep you up to date on what's going on in the world yep. outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get to know the chaplains. It doesn't matter if you're religious, and they don't care. Ask to have a chat with them for pastoral reasons soon after arriving. I want I dibs on Charlie. I want to speak Charlie to Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Chaplin? Yeah, yeah. Is he still in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'd like listen, at least if you're gonna to talk to somebody like that every day, I mean you might as well be entertained, right? And he's got all that time doing silent films to make up for. He's got all the Keystone cops, right? You know, like he embarrassed them so long, he's never getting out. Yeah, they run around in circles. Walls start to fall down. You never know what might happen. Hijinks ensued. They're good to talk to because your mind will be racing, and they have seen it all before. But Uh even more important, if you need help or a favor, they are a good place to start. They are no more able to break the rules than anyone else, but they seem to exercise common sense more than others are able. Got mm-hmm. it. Now, are the chaplains prisoners themselves, or are they employees of the prison system? Or? I gotta think they're employees. Yeah, okay. I think so. Don't trust anyone, Kevin. I, I don't. I don't trust anyone in this room. I don't trust anyone in my life. I don't trust anyone. <laughs> I'm, true. I'm, I'm training for my inevitable prison sentence. Yep. Or as they say in Sylvester Stallone's lockup, DTA. 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 Don't trust anyone? 
Don't trust anyone. Hmm, I thought it was like a uh, you know a Gran Turismo spinoff. Uh, that goes for guards, other prison officials, and the person in the cell next door. Mm-hmm. If someone is being nice to you, ask yourself, what's in it for him or her? Uh-huh. They almost always have some hidden motive that you don't know about. In right. prison, nothing is free. For example, if someone gives or loans you something, you would probably have to pay it back with a hefty rate of interest. If you can't pay, they may demand a favor that could get you in big trouble, like hiding contraband in your cell. Got it. Avoid showing emotions associated with weakness, including including sadness. Do not cry. Oh, yeah. I learned that in a lot of different Hollywood movies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Don't right. cry. Yeah. Hollywood has taught me that more than once. Right. This, you cry inside a lot and they, yeah. they beat it out of you. This will make uh, quickly make you a target for other prisoners. Also, along these same lines, do not urinate more than necessary. Hmm? Not oh, sure why that, that is. I'm not sure. Maybe they mean outside of the bathroom. Oh, you should, don't you should be save your pants? it for the bathroom. Yeah, yeah don't, don't urinate in your pants any more than necessary. Yeah. Always be polite and respectful to guards and other prison employees. Right. If you give them a reason to hate you, they can make your life even harder than it But don't trust is. them. But don't trust them. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. When you're walking to your cell, do not stare into other prisoner's cells. This is considered an invasion of privacy and can get you in big trouble. Unless you want to invade their privacy. Unless they want the privacy invaded. Oh, how do you know? How do they signal you? <laughs> consent, Kevin. Consent. Oh. Hey, can I look in your But that's part yourself? of the game, Joe. It's part of the game. I know. Do not get involved in gambling. This is a no-win situation. You either cannot afford to pay your gambling bills or you win and make the wrong people angry. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You gamble with, with dice. You gamble with your life. That could be the slogan, the anti-gambling slogan oh, that, they yeah. put, that they put over the urinals. Do not become a punk. Becoming a punk might give you some fleeting temporary protection from other inmates. Mm-hmm. You will be a slave to another inmate. Punks are used and abused. They are traded away in card games and sold for cigarettes. It is not a path to long-term survival in prison. If confronted to become a punk, fight and continue to funk t- and continue to fight. You will gain at least some measure of respect for fighting back. Nah. Do not give in. That's uh, that's Shawshank right there. That's Andy yep. Dufresne. That's yep. the Andy Dufresne story. That's what Shawshank could have been called. The Andy, Andy Dufresne story, <laughs> don't become a punk. Don't become a punk. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a snitch. People who tell tales to the guards or other prisoners are despised by everyone and I can be physically attacked. I did not realize that Harry Potter was so popular in prison. Oh, the snitch is the, the, the thing in Quidditch. Snitch, yeah. Right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, that the golden snitch was in prison for a while. Oh, okay. Got out. That's right. Now snitches give stitches. Now it's flying around, and all these wizards have to get on brooms and chase it down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do in prison is to see everything, hear everything, and say nothing. If the guard asks you for information about some incident involving another prisoner, claim that you were looking the other way and didn't notice or hear anything. Mm -hmm. While this may irritate the staff on some level that you aren't willing to snitch, they will likely understand. Right. Avoid being seen talking to guards in a friendly way because other prisoners could assume wrongly that you're a snitch. Don't talk to prison staff any more than absolutely necessary, because while it may be just innocent conversation about the weather, other inmates won't perceive it that way. What if it's the prison talking staff, like the one that you have to hold in order to have the right to talk? The staff? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. The talking staff. That's right. Precisely. You have the conch. Yeah. If you want to talk at all, you have to hold the, pra- the, the talking staff. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the prison talking staff. Then you want to be friendly to that. Shut up, warden. I got the staff now. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Keep your mouth shut about your personal life, family, or criminal history. Avoid revealing personal information. Do not discuss politics or personal feelings about anyone. In other words, don't put your business out on the street. Prisoners constantly brag about what they their don't criminal do activities. It. But they, they but always don't do, do it. it. But, but then don't. why do all the prisoners do it? Because they do dumb things. Oh, okay. If yeah. they didn't do dumb things, they probably wouldn't because be Because they didn't listen mm. to this episode of Caustic Summer. Oh, yeah, oh well, that was a big mistake of them. Well, of course, I say do dumb things in America. It barely matters. That's mm-hmm. right. You go, oh, you look you the wrong way the You just have a slightly darker skin tone. Mm-hmm. That's your third time looking at somebody the wrong way. Be respectful and polite. 
Wait, it said don't be nice to anybody. Don't be friendly. Well, it said don't be nice to the guards. Oh. Be respectful yeah. and polite, polite to other prisoners. <laughs> oh, that's a... Respect. I'm already getting confused. <laughs> I know it's a complicated oh, situation. It's a very complicated social dynamic. Here. Respect is the only thing a prisoner has, and taking that away can be dangerous. Remember, right. if you give others your respect, they will most likely return the favor. You do not want to make enemies in prison. Right. Now I have a special section. Okay. On being a prison guard's son by Chris Woods. Ah. Oh. Friend of the podcast and yeah. former guestbert. Uh huh. Uh, his dad was a prison guard? His father was a prison guard. Okay. All right. And I asked him if he wanted to say something about it, and he wrote a few paragraphs, which I will now read. All right. Cool. Okay. I never thought too deeply about growing up the son of a prison guard. He had his fair share of anger and PTSD. Mm-hmm. That filtered down to my mom and I over the 14 years he did the job. I was used to it, but my sisters really noticed a huge decline in his general mood and demeanor. Mm-hmm. The prison system, ironically, robbed him of his positive, loving human qualities. Ah. It came back a bit when he retired. Got okay. it. The biggest effect on me, I think, was imprinting on his nihilistic and bleak outlook on life. Mm. His favorite saying was, life's a bitch and then you die. He felt his mm. whole life was a waste and he was just running out the clock. Mm-hmm. He occasionally saw cons on the street once they had been released and found this upsetting. Right. One of the reasons he hated the fact that I had long hair and didn't shave every day was because it made me look like an inmate. Oh. Mm-hmm. There was... I thought they made inmates shave and do all that sort of stuff. Know. Or maybe that's like a kind of a bygone era. The old making inmates shave and cut their hair and stuff. There was a decade or so in the 80s and 90s where I felt like one. Oh. An inmate. Mm-hmm. He was never physically abusive, but it was a definite big brother is watching situation. Right. Uh-huh. Luckily, he wasn't a drinker or drug user. He sh- could sure be menacing and cut you down with a look or a single word. His negative worldview is something I think I'm only just now starting to abandon. Uh-huh. I think about the strength that must have taken for him to willingly go to a prison and stay there for 12 hours at a stretch, locked in with all the cons. How he did it is still a mystery to me. He was a pretty smart guy and the military and then corrections drained any self-confidence he may have had. Why mm. we still maintain such an outmoded and barbaric system is baffling. Oh, Turns politics. The... All of a sudden it goes all political. <laughs> it was all personal experience, but now he's throwing down on, oh, man, let's put everybody in a commune and peace and love and all that stuff. Chris Woods, you hippie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of. <laughs> yeah. When I think of Chris Woods. Yeah. Oh, I did that long hippie. hair. He paints for a living, for God's sakes. It turns the warders into monsters, too. That's his last line. Okay. This is from Crack.com. Oh, I like that site. They yeah. do funny things. Excellent. I love them a lot. It's like the entertaining BuzzFeed. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The entertaining gets things right BuzzFeed. We mm-hmm. love you, Crack.com. Cedric Coleman spent seven years as a prison guard in two different U.S. states. He mm-hmm. learned the cruel guards don't last. You know how every prison movie has that guard who's just a sadist? Yeah. There was Captain Hadley in The Shawshank Redemption and mm-hmm. Percy Wetmore in The Green Mile. Yep. The guards have absolute power, so why not torture the inmates at every opportunity? In real life, that doesn't end well. We had one lieutenant come in and treat the inmates like dirt, calling them names and acting like the hard-ass guards from the movies. Yeah. What he didn't account for is how much time you have to spend alone with these guys. One day, he went to investigate a fight between two inmates, but it turned out to be a diversion. Two Mm. other inmates came up from behind him and ambushed him. He was stabbed 61 times before he could signal the officer in the control room to open the door and let him in. 61 times? 61, yeah. Was that like 61 inmates each stabbing him, taking turns? Oh, wow. That would be... Two inmates. So that's 30 by one and 31 by the other, I guess, if they even it out. 30 and a half times each. Yeah, the the last one they did together. 
<laughs> or both had their hand on maybe the they were just doing their their acupuncture training and we're trying to oh. like chill him out they're like he's so uptight so and tense. tense he needs right. he needs some traditional some chinese traditional medicine. chinese medicine i think this will really I, he's not going to volunteer for it because you know he he doesn't like us obviously very much so yeah. we need to we need to bring him down here in order to realign his chi realign yeah, his, right. to feng shui his uh you know circulatory system yep. He survived, but he's not exactly running marathons these days. Uh, there's a side note saying it's actually pretty hard to stab someone to death. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be gained by antagonizing a pissed-off lifer who has no problem twisting knives on you and spitting or rubbing shit in your wounds. Oh. Mm. You know those prison stabbing scenes in Breaking Bad? That was years of violence shoved into a montage, but it looked just about right. Mm-hmm. Our job isn't to punish these guys. The prison is their punishment. You might feel like a badass in uniform, but that felon with the makeshift knife is the real badass. See, that's why he's in prison. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, there's no method to the madness. You probably assume that prison is ordered a little like Dante's hell and inmates wind up on different levels based on the severity of their crime. Uh, Nope. That doesn't happen? No. If you make it into a federal prison for a nonviolent drug charge, you might wind up cellmates with a serial rapist. Oh, yeah. Well, this is is the Oz experience. This is what we learned from the TV show Oz. Okay. I haven't watched that one. Oh, really? No. I hear it's great. Yeah. Very good. It was the introduction to J.K. Simmons. Okay. Oh. Uh, What was his... He Whoa. played a uh, neo-Nazi. Oh, okay. He was the leader of the neo-Nazis. This was before he was J. Jonah Jameson. Before, long before. This was his big breakthrough role. And uh, uh, the main character, played by a guy named Lee Turgeson, he played an accountant who was convicted of uh, vehicular manslaughter because he got drunk and ran over a little kid. So he was a lifelong accountant, so right. was, but got sent to you know federal prison. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to one of those isolation units where everybody was super violent, and he became uh, J. Jonah Jameson's bitch. He oh, he, he was a punk, right? And then, like in like season three, he uh, he went crazy and he gouged out uh, J.K. Simmons' eye. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, it was a very intense show. But this is yeah, this is the, the exact. As a private prison, we were only supposed to get inmates up to a medium level of severity. Mm. We had a point system, and once they got above a certain number, we had to send them to the state. Mm-hmm. My job for a while was to do that paperwork, and guess what? The state would fiddle with the numbers all the time in order to dump the inmates on us. I'd go into their records and add up their infractions and realize that these guys were much more dangerous than the state had said. Whenever we wound up with someone who was way too violent for our prison, the state would wait forever to take him back. Mm -hmm. That means that prison, like America, is a great melting pot. But instead... Uh, The great American melting pot. So you can take all the uh, not-so-bad prisoners and you can make them horrible people. (laughs) That's right. So you're kind of a bad person. Meet all these other terrible people who will Mm -hmm. tell you how to be absolutely awful. Mm -hmm. But instead of being a place for people of all nations, faiths, and creeds to live together, it's a place where kids who made one dumb mistake hang out with career criminals. Mm -hmm. There's a reason our recidivism rate is so very high. Prison is crime college. Crime Uh, college. Mm -hmm. Uh, As opposed to clown college. Uh, But they're right next door to each other. So every once in a while you you get the wires mixed up. You go show up for clown college, you end up in Hong crime Kong. college. I had a 19-year-old kid in there who went on a joyride in his grandma's car. She called the police, hoping they'd just put him in jail overnight to scare him. Right. But the DA decided to make an example out of him and charge the kid with car theft. Now he's in prison, learning to steal cars for real. Mm-hmm. Yay. Mm-hmm. Well, should we get the prison rape section out of the way so well, we can enjoy the rest of our episode? Sure. Mm, enjoy. In 1980... Louisiana prison newspaper editor Wilbert 
Rideau mm-hmm. won national journalism accolades for an essay called The Sexual Jungle, in which he wrote that rape in prison is rarely a sexual act, but one of violence, politics, mm-hmm. and an acting out of power roles. Right. Yeah. Being raped or turned out redefines the male victim as a female in this subculture, and he must assume that role as the property of his conqueror or whomever claimed him. Mm-hmm. He becomes a slave in the full sense of the term. Around 80,000 women and men, a large percentage are homosexual and youth inmates a year, are sexually abused in American correctional facilities. That number is almost certainly subject to Mm underreporting. In an effort to thwart this problem, Congress passed the Prison Rape Elimination Act, PRIA. Is that – they named the the electric car after prison rape? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't you know that? The, yeah, it's, that's the that's the plural though, Prius, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they make more than one of those yes. electric cars, oh, right? So obviously, wow, I had to, no idea there was such a linkage. Just to celebrate the end of prison rape because huh. they eliminated it right with this act. This law would make funding for correctional facilities conditional on their state's adoption of zero tolerance policies of sexual abuse of inmates. Okay, mm. policies such as. Screening inmates to identify them as either predators or victims. Uh huh. Prison procedures. Oh, that's, that's that's helpful. Because then what do you do? You put them in like different sections and then one of the like, wolves gets in with the sheep? Well, you keep, oh. That's what you do is you keep the predators away from the victims. Yeah. yeah, until one pretends to be a victim and then it's one predator and a whole lot of victims. Oh, okay. A wolf in sheep's clothing? And mm. then and then those sheep beat the fuck out of that wolf, mm. right? Because there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, man. Prison procedures would ensure investigation of complaints by outside law enforcement. Correctional officers would be instructed about behavior that constitutes sexual abuse. And abusers, whether inmates or guards, would be punished effectively. After Priya passed in 2003, the commission announced it would obtain data on prison rape, write a report, and recommend a set of policy proposals after two years. Okay. Two years. 2003. So uh, policy in 2005. The report was released after six years due to the complexity and scope of the problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. The next stop was the Department of Justice, which spent three years deliberating over the law and translating its recommendations into final standards. But uh, So that was after the six years, or yeah. that was in conjunction with the six years? After. Oh, so now we're nine years when it was supposed to be two years. The department added a requirement that inmates under 18 could not be placed in a housing unit where they would have sight, sound, or physical contact with any adult inmate through use of a shared day room or other common space, shower area, or sleeping quarters. All right. And called for direct staff supervision in instances where contact could not be avoided. Inmates under 18, this is getting down to the problem of why are you putting children into grown-up oh, prisons? Oh, because you're trying, you're trying 16 and 17-year-olds as adults more and more often. Right, which is dumb. Adoption of the guidelines they produced has been painfully slow, resting on the competence and dedication of particular employees. Mm -hmm. Out of 50 states, only two have adhered to the policies of PRIA, New Hampshire and New Jersey. No, two have – you read that wrong. Two have not adhered to the policies yet. No, no, no. no. Two have not adhered. 48 have adhered. You got it backwards. Opposite. Opposite, Kevin. Opposite. What? 47 states and territories have promised that they will in time. In time. We'll do it later. Yeah. Why? Later. Why in time? I don't One understand. State refusing to comply. Can I know which states are complying? Because yeah, I... New Hampshire and New Jersey. Yeah. All right. So I'm only getting arrested that's in New right. Hampshire and New you're Jersey. You're going to do crimes. Yeah. That's the place. Well, New Jersey has a lot of crime. I understand. I watched The Sopranos after all. One state refusing to comply is Texas. Then Governor Rick Perry argued that the mandated mm-hmm. measures would levy an unacceptable cost to Texans. Look, we'd like to end people getting raped, but it's going to cost us. Uh, huh. For uh, its non-compliance, huh. Texas is likely to lose just 5% of federal funding for its state prisons, $800,000, but will still receive $15.2 million in federal grants. 
Well, Ooh. what are you going to do? Like, take all their money away so everything gets worse? Yeah. I, Ultimately, man. prisons protect rape culture to protect themselves. Right. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, about half of prison sexual assaults complaints in 2011 were filed against staff. Holy crap. These Not- reports weren't all claims of forcible rape. It is considered statutory sexual assault for a guard to have sexual contact with Yeah, because you've yeah. got, like, you hold authority over a person. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you you are in a position of authority, and you can make people's lives very difficult. There's no way that you can that you can know that somebody's truly consenting to a guard. Yeah, because they could be just terrified. Well, unless you're another guard. But mm-hmm. that, I don't think that's called prison rape. That's just called uh, fucking on the job. That's <laughs> fucking in a prison. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Unless that's the setup. Unless it's a uh, you know it's a role play situation. <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah. Now you play the prisoner? Yeah. Priya commissioners agree that the law itself is only a starting point for larger cultural change. Right. The personality of the warden is an important factor in whether Priya is taken seriously, and that means implementation can vary widely from place to place, even if the policies remain constant. Did you just say personality of the warden? Yep. You'd think personalities wouldn't play into a far-reaching policy. You're living in a fantasy world, Kevin. Yeah, I think I think not you wouldn't think. I think it's you would hope. You would yeah. hope. You would, you would hope, hope that that would be the you way. You hope is. that personalities would have nothing to do with it. That uh, you know that there's some warden out there having a good old howl about. Oh, they're trying to stop prison rape. <laughs> <laughs> you believe it? Compliance does not even cost that much. The Justice Department estimates that full nationwide compliance would cost less than one percent of states' spending on corrections. Mm-hmm. Putting aside the cruelty and pain inflicted, prison rape costs far more than the implementation of the law designed to stop it. The mm-hmm. Justice Department estimates that the total bill to society for prison rape and sexual abuse is as high as $51.9 billion a year, right. including the costs of victims' compensation and increased reoffenses. Yeah. And butthole reconstruction. And butthole reconstruction. Of course, all these people claiming it would cost too much to solve it don't actually look at these numbers. They're, they're completely right. unconcerned with reality. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty much accepted in a lot of different countries that actually stopping people from committing crimes is far more effective and cheap in the long run yeah. than just imprisoning everybody yeah. who commits a crime. But America hasn't really gotten on that train yet. Um, so it's not that much surprising unless somebody's pulling a train into prison rape. Um, America's policies all seem to be based on anger. Yeah. Those guys are prisoners. Fuck them. No, really, if you want to go ahead and fuck them. them. But the irony is the prisoners Mm. are doing a lot of the fucking too. Yeah, well, so there are some prisoners who are enjoying so it. So they're angry and Ooh, lazy. Of justice. They're angry and lazy, getting other people to do their dirty work yeah. for them. I wouldn't touch you with that other prisoner's dick. Oh wait, I will. I would only touch you with that other prisoner's dick, and mm-hmm. I'm going to put you into a situation where that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If states refuse to implement the law when the fiscal benefit is so obvious, something larger is at stake. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I guess the question is, why is Rick Perry pro rape? Your question. He's, like on, that's, he's, he's running for president right now, Joe. You should get up there and ask him. I, I would like somebody to ask him. So, according to all these numbers, you were totally mm-hmm. wrong about this, and you basically have no excuse to not end prison rape, except that you're pro-rape. So why are you pro-rape? Mm. And here's what he'll do. He will adjust his glasses, because yeah. he wears them now. I'm smart now. Right? And mm-hmm. he'll go, hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're just going to have to take a look at those numbers. Oh, I've got no, them right here. I got, I, I got, got the internet. I got three reasons why I'm pro-rape. Uh, butthole reconstruction. Uh, oh, he's got a friend who uh, who who sells butthole reconstruction. Uh, uh, EPA. And, the the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, I can't remember the third one. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. That was him. Yeah. Yeah. I have three accounts of rape and rape facilitation in prison. 
Oh, and these are all three. These are the three that have happened. Right? This is 100% no. of all the stories. One young prisoner reported that officers had threatened to facilitate his rape if he complained of poor treatment. And that by that, he meant treating him like a poor person. Oh, poor treatment. Yeah. Like he doesn't have any money. He doesn't right. have any money. Mm-hmm. He's still, listen, in the public service announcement, we told him he's not supposed to tell anybody he has yeah. any money. Mm. So if, if he's got money or not, they don't think he's oh, got money. Oh, catch 22. Another had been given misconduct tickets after refusing to leave solitary confinement. I love that band. Misconduct tickets? Yeah, I love misconduct. that misconduct. band. Oh, misconduct. Tickets to see misconduct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, great burlesque show. Mm-hmm. Misconduct. Yeah. Little mm-hmm. misconduct. It's a roller derby show. (laughs) Another had been given misconduct tickets after refusing to leave solitary confinement out of fear of being raped. He said he spent an hour of recreation alone each week in an enclosed cage while while older inmates stuck their penises through the bars, threatening to hurt him if he didn't perform oral sex. Like many of the young men, this Mm. one had attempted suicide. I guess a, a solitary. He refused to leave solitary confinement. Yeah, that's supposed to be a place you're not you're supposed to want to go. Well, at least you can't get raped when you're in solitary confinement because yeah. there's nobody else in there with you. Right. Yeah. In May 2000. 2000- oh, we got guards. Of course, there's always guards. There's always guards. In May 2013, a correctional officer made an announcement on the prison-wide intercom reminding an inmate to take his HIV medication. The inmate, who is not HIV positive, filed a grievance, arguing that such a false claim would brand him as a homosexual and put him at risk of attack. Wh- His grievance was denied. Well, what, 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 why would, what, what, like over a loudspeaker? Yeah, like as yeah. a punishment. Oh, th- or a joke? Yeah. They thought it was Kevin. Or, or maybe a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, attention, uh, Kevin Leeson, inmate Kevin Leeson, please uh, come to the uh, commissary to get your HIV medication. And you're surrounded by all your buddies. Uh. I had a friend called Ramel and Bob. Who used to steal, gamble, and rob He thought he was the smartest guy in town But I found out last Monday That Bob got locked up Sunday They've got him in the jailhouse way downtown He's in the jailhouse now In the jailhouse now I told him once or twice Quit playing cards and shooting dice He's in the jailhouse now He went out last Tuesday Met a gal named Susie She told him he was the swellest man in town They started to spend his money Then began to call him honey They took in every cabaret in town He's in the jailhouse now in the jailhouse now He told the judge right to his face He didn't like the doggone place He's in the jailhouse now In the history Domine 16th and 17th centuries, thanks to Corey for this research. Yay! Prison tended to be a place where people were held before their trial or while awaiting punishment. It was very rarely used as a punishment in its own right. Mm. Men Mm. and women, boys and girls, debtors and murderers were all held together in local prisons. Right. Evidence suggests that the prisons of this period were badly maintained and often controlled by negligent prison warders. Oh, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Knock me over with a feather. Yeah. Many people died of diseases like jail fever, which is a form of typhus. Yeah, we talked about this before. Jail fever. We did, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think we must have talked about this in POWs. Might have been, or could it have been a bacteria? I yeah, I can't remember. Let us know. We Uh, did talk about Gale fever. Yeah, Gale fever. Gale of a Gale time. It is spelled Gale. The most important innovation of this period was the building of the prototype House of Correction, the London Bridewell. Mm. Oh, it sounds like they must have had weddings there. Mm. Mm. Oh, on Saturdays we have no. weddings. On Sundays we have trials. It's it's where you dump all the the brides that don't live down oh, the bridewell. Oh. Down the bridewell. Oh God, didn't make it. <laughs> it kind of stinks. <laughs> Hold your nose when you go there to the bridewell. <laughs> Houses and cr- don't get your water out of the bridewell, oh, people. Do not stop getting your drinking water, water out of the bridewell. Oh, man. Houses of correction were originally part of the machinery of the poor law intended to instill habits of industry through prison labor. Most of those held in them were petty offenders, vagrants, and the disorderly local poor. Right. Vagrants. Mm. Although the 18th century has been characterized as the era of the bloody code, call back mm-hmm. to bad laws. Yep. There was growing opposition to the death penalty for all but the most serious crimes. Such severe punishment was counterproductive as jurors were refusing to find thieves guilty of offenses which would lead to their execution. Right. So basically, because they know that for stealing they would get killed, they'd be like, no, I'm not even going to say he's guilty because you're going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't get any punishment. Mm -hmm. So they'd just go steal again. Yeah. By the mid-18th century, imprisonment with hard labor was beginning to be seen as a suitable sanction for petty offenders. Got it. Prison hulks. Ooh. Were sh- Ooh. Yeah. The prison hulk smash. <laughs> prison hulk smash rocks. <laughs> prison hulk is most prisoner one there is. <laughs> yeah. I be- you know what? Prison hulk was the gray one for sure. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With stripes. Yeah. Black and mm-hmm. white stripes. Yeah. Yeah. He was the- <laughs> prison hulks were ships which were anchored in the Thames and at Portsmouth and Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Those sent to them were employed in hard labor during the day and then loaded in chains onto the ship at night. Right. The appalling conditions on the hulks, especially the lack of control and poor physical conditions, eventually led to the end of this practice. Mm. But the use of prison hulks did much to persuade public opinion that incarceration with hard labor was a viable penalty for crime. So basically they just uh, they put them on ships because then it was kind of a built-in moat. I, I guess they just probably had ships. Yeah. They're like, we need a building? Well, we got these big ships so we're not using one. Ships just... are a lot easier than giant stone buildings to like sort of you know and to put where you need them turn into prisons yeah oh yeah you could just like go especially England everything's within like five minutes of the coast right you know just like sail it on up we need we need more Hulks in Manchester. Yep. They're a bit uppity up there right now. And you could tell the people, it's safe. They're on the ship. Where would they go at night? Yeah. They'd mm-hmm. have to jump off and drown in the middle of the... Yeah. The separate system was a contrast to the former one-room jails. Mm-hmm. Penitentiaries, the name derived from penance, mm-hmm. built for the separate system, were designed to keep each prisoner separated and unable to speak with each other. Okay. In an effort to provoke penance. Through their silent reflection. Oh, this is like the... Go oh. stand in the corner and think about what you've yeah, done. Yeah, this is the state's version of think about go to your room and think about what you've done yep. without dinner. In 1829, the first prison built according to the separate system was the Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. Okay. Features of the design included an intentional foreboding exterior in okay. hope citizens would avoid committing crime to avoid being sent to the penitentiary. Uh-huh. Right. Halls that were designed to have the feel of a church. So foreboding exterior, Mm -hmm. church-like interior. What if some of us find churches' exteriors foreboding as well? Mm -hmm. When they just make make everything look like a church? Some of them are meant to be, I'm pretty sure. Uh, So they accidentally get people showing up on Sunday. Small metal doors that were covered by a heavy wooden door to filter out noise. Okay. The small doors forced the prisoners to bow while entering their cell. 
Okay. This design is related to penance and ties to the religious inspiration. Oh, so like right. you, you were being forced to sort of lower your head. The penitent man will pass. The penitent man will pass. Oh, yeah. Mm. Right. The, the, penitent, cells- the penitent man will get out of prison because mm. you got to bow. The cells were made of concrete with a single glass skylight representing the eye of God. Oh. Suggesting to the prisoners that God was always watching them. So, well, at okay. least they got a skylight. Yeah. I mean, you Some had light. actual sunlight. You kept mm-hmm. your vitamin D up mm-hmm. while you were in prison. Outside the cell was an individual area for exercise, enclosed by high walls so prisoners could not communicate. Exercise time for each prisoner was synchronized so no two prisoners next to each other would be out at the same time. This is all, like, very philosophically thought out. Like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, everything sort of had a, a, a subtext. It still feels kind of cruel, like, the keeping them so solitary and quiet all the time. Cruel. It feels very cruel. But, I mean, compared to execution and hard labor, which were the previous things that mm. they would do, now you're, they're not making you do hard labor, but they're making you shut up and think about what you did on your own, which is no, also bad. But, no, pr- no prison rape. But, yeah, lesser two evils. Zero percent prison rape. Lesser two evils, I'm taking this for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. The design of these penal institutions drew heavily on monastic solitary confinement to both destroy the identity of the inmate and thus yeah. make him easier to control and to crush the criminal subculture that flourished in densely populated prisons. Right. right. No, no teaching kids who stole one car how to steal all cars. Yeah. Right. Prisoners incarcerated in separate system prisons were reduced to numbers. Their names, faces, and past histories eliminated. Hmm. The guards and warders charged with overseeing these prisoners knew neither their names nor their crimes and right. were prohibited from speaking to them. Huh. Prisoners were hooded upon exiting a cell and even wore felted shoes to muffle their footsteps. Hmm. Huh. So I kind of want a pair of felt shoes now. Yeah, that'd be nice. The result was a dumb obedience and a passive disorientation that shattered the criminal community, quote-unquote. Right, Uh uh-huh. The penitentiary was intended not simply to punish, but to move the criminal towards spiritual reflection and change. Right. Proponents of the system believed that criminals exposed in silence to thoughts of their behavior and the ugliness of their crimes would become genuinely penitent. At the basis of this like theory it's kind of hopeful it's there's mm. a good person inside everybody yeah and if you force them to think about what they've done in you know a prison scenario you will inevitably gravitate back towards the good person that is inside everyone it's kind of this the the like undercurrent of this whole right. there's, thing there's the core of a decent idea in here yeah for sure in reality oh mm. okay so execution didn't necessarily turn out as planned wait Communism is the perfect system, right? <laughs> this mm. prison is the ideal prison scenario. In reality, the guards and counselors of the facility designed a variety of physical and psychological torture regimens what? for various infractions. What? Why? Including. But that flies in the face of the theory behind the entire thing. In reality, <laughs> Kevin, in reality. But the theory is all theory, <laughs> hey, theoretically. Listen, if you love the theory and ignore the reality, you're Rick Perry. Whoops. Take that, Kevin Leeson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dowsing prisoners in freezing water outside during winter months. Oh. Strapping prisoners into chairs and with tight leather restraints for days on end. But wouldn't it just be easier to put on their velvet shoes and stick hoods on them like than doing all these other things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Implementing the iron gag, a five-inch piece of metal that fit over the inmate's tongue that was connected by chain to the inmate's cuffed wrists behind him. If the inmate fought the device and pulled with his arms, the gag was forced deeper into his mouth. There's a picture of this we can put on CausticSodaPodcast.com. But this is like more work. Like, this is more work than it would be necessary. Oh, maybe they just got bored. Maybe they all just got bored of like, the because the guards weren't allowed to talk to anybody either. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe they just were like, we've got to spice this up. We've got to... 
Oh, this is the iron gag is horrible. <laughs> yeah, horrible thing. No, it's, it's not the iron joke. No, it's when, not that kind of a gag. When yeah. you hear their hand, their hands are behind their back, they don't mean you know down at their waist like you would stand and put your hands and hold them together. They are back up across the back, like, like between the shoulder between blades. between the shoulder blades crossed, and that is tied directly up to this thing around their which mouth is on and a throat. Very very short leash. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. The worst behaved prisoners were placed into an underground cell block for two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. There they would see no light nor have any human contact. This was oh, known as bo- the hole. No, no sunlight. No the eye hole. of God. No eye of God. Mm. The 19th century mm. saw the birth of the state prison. In 1842, Pentonville Prison was built using the Panopticon design. Okay. This prison is still used today. Mm-hmm. Prison was seen primarily as a means to deter offending and reoffending. Mm-hmm. The Criminal Justice Act of 1948 abolished penal servitude, hard labor, and flogging. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. All right. It also presented a comprehensive system for the punishment and treatment of offenders. Prisoner, prison was still at the center of the system, but the institutions took many different forms. Right. The 1990s have also seen the introduction of prisons which are designed, financed, built, and run by private companies. Right. Mm-hmm. Supporters of privatization argue that it will lead to cheaper, uh-huh. more innovative prisons, while organizations like the Howard League argue that private prisons are flawed both in principle and practice. Oh, man. Yes. So flawed. Well, like that judge that uh, was arrested and convicted of uh, giving people longer sentences for in exchange for kickbacks from the private prison that profited yeah. from it. Your civilization should not profit from putting its citizens in prison. It, it should mm. cost you. Experience dictates otherwise, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, America's prison system is, is great. dictates otherwise. There are they, no problems with their private prisons. There is a precedence. A for-profit prison is a place in which individuals are physically confined or incarcerated by a third party that is contracted by the government agency. Got it. Private prison companies typically enter into contractual agreements with governments that commit prisoners and then pay a per diem or monthly rate for each prisoner in the facility. And by contracted, you mean kind of like herpes or AIDS. <laughs> That's right. Right. The privatization of prisons refers both to the takeover of existing public facilities as well as the building and operating operation of new and additional prisons by for-profit companies. Got mm-hmm. it. I remember Cedric Coleman. Yes. From the previous section. Mm -hmm. He says, I worked in prisons owned by CCA, the Correctional Corporation of America. Right. You'd think private prisons would have more money, nicer gear, and other benefits. No, I wouldn't. You know, I really do like their music, though. CCA? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Proud Mary keeps on jailing. I see a bad prison rising. That's right. I see a bad prison rioting. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, But CCA was all about cutting corners. They didn't even issue each man a personal radio, which should be a requirement in any office where being shanked is a daily concern. (laughs) Yeah, well, because they are for profit, and anything that they spend cuts into the profit. that's exactly it. Like, they do everything that the non-for-profit does, except they also have to make a profit. Yeah. There's no, that can't be cheaper. No, it, it will inevitably be cheaper. Uh, it can't be better. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fair. Instead, the radios stayed at our stations, safely out of reach of anyone who might need them. Oh, and they paid us less than state prison guards, Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then there's the kids for cash scandal. Is that what you're talking about? That is exactly That's what I'm talking one. about. Unfolded in 2008 over judicial kickbacks at the Luzerne County Court of Common Pleas in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. two judges, President Judge Mark Chiaverella uh-huh. and Senior Judge Michael Conahan. Let's just call them asshole and dickweed. <laughs> asshole and dickweed. Yeah. yeah. Were accused of accepting money from Robert Miracle, builder of two private for-profit youth centers for the detention of juveniles. In return for contracting with the facilities and imposing harsh adjudications on juveniles brought before their courts to increase the number of residents in the centers. Mm. Mm. For example, 
Asshole, was it Asshole? Yes. Asshole adjudicated children to extended stays in youth centers for offenses as minimal as mocking a principal on MySpace. Yes. Trespassing in a vacant building or shoplifting DVDs from Walmart. Mm-hmm. Really, Walmart. They should have everything shoplifted from them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Whereas Judge Dickweed was guilty of. Asshole and Dickweed pled guilty pursuant to a plea agreement to federal charges of fraud and conspiracy in connection with receiving $2.6 million in payments from managers at PA Childcare and its sister company, Western PA Childcare. Uh-huh. A federal grand jury in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, returned a 48-count indictment against asshole and dickweed, mm-hmm. including racketeering, fraud, money laundering, extortion, bribery, and federal tax violations in 2009. Yeah, uh, you know what? I bet you they got caught because they put their uh, kickbacks on their, their tax forms. <laughs> they were like, uh, yeah, I got a, a $2.6 million in kickbacks. I need to pay some tax. Don't want to get uh, caught for tax evasion. No. Dickweed was sentenced to 17 and a half years in federal prison. Asshole was convicted on 12 of the 39 counts he faced and is sentenced to 28 years in a federal prison. They're uh, now appealing and have served no time. How about that? The mm. Pennsylvania Supreme Court ordered an investigation of the cases handled by the judges and following the, its outcome overturned several hundred adjudications of delinquency. Wow. Nice. As many as 6,000 young people were affected by being denied their basic rights to counsel and receiving outrageously excessive sentences. And now probably some pretty big uh, money uh, payoffs yeah, in order I, to, to get them to not I sue for the money they probably owe. that this uh, private enterprise that was paying kickbacks mm-hmm. is going to get sued into oblivion. Well, they'll probably just find a scapegoat and say, it was all this one guy. It's not our standard practice to do this. He's been fired. We've put procedures in place so this won't happen again. For God's sake. Blah, 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 blah. When a a for-profit prison gets sued in a class action lawsuit and loses hundreds of millions of dollars, that's when they learn lessons. Yeah. Mm. That's how you teach a for profit dot 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 a lesson. <laughs> yeah. You take away money. I yeah, but the We are not going to pay judges kickbacks anymore for longer sentences because in the long run it will cost us more. Their their lesson they're gonna they be don't give a is, shit about the juveniles who are actually in the facility. Their lesson's gonna be don't get caught. Let's not face always. It. Not always. Sometimes, I'm not saying yes, they're all bad people. But not always. I'm gonna say most of them are decent people. Mm. But there's enough dickweeds in there that are gonna be like, Oh man, we do that, we better not get caught. You know what? I got a better idea. How about we just find judges that don't take kickbacks for longer sentences for that juveniles? That doesn't sound possible. Let's start with that, and then no one can pay a judge if you take if you if you take away all the judges that would would take a kickback. How do we find those? Do we offer kickbacks to all the judges? That's right. What if we just okay. got rid of money? As soon as you're about to appoint them, you're like kickback, and they go, "No, no, thank you." Like you're in. What if we just got rid of money? Oh, oh. The, the Gene, Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry's dream. Okay. The Star Trek solution. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. right. You only become a prison warden because that's what you want to do with your that's life. That's right. How come everything, Torn, comes back to Star Trek? How does that happen? Because Star Trek is the bright and wonderful future that we all hope for. Mm. Except for Deep Space Nine. Yeah. <laughs> I blame the fucking Cardassians for that. And I mean Kim and Chloe and all of them. It's somehow their fault. Yeah. The Stanford Prison Experiment. A study of the psychological effects of becoming a prisoner or prison guard, the Stanford Prison Experiment, was conducted at Stanford University from August 14th to 20th, 1971, by a team of researchers led by psychology professor Philip Zimbardo. Zimbardo. The amazing Zimbardo. I was thinking more like... who run Bardertown? <laughs> we start Zimbardo. 
Oh, God. Not a lot of Thunderdome references uh, in the course of the uh, recording, typically. <laughs> Two prisoners enter, one prisoner leaves. Uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment was funded by the U.S. Office of Naval Research as an investigation of the causes of conflict between military guards and prisoners. I did some naval research earlier. Bef- <laughs> this morning, I found a bunch of fluff in there. Oh, a little lint. <laughs> a little lint. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's, they're typically about lint. They only <laughs> diverge from their lint experiments to get into prison. Sure. Okay. You know, conflicts between guards. And well, there's a lot of naval gazing in prisons. Oh, that is true. This experiment is a classic study on the psychology of imprisonment. The okay. results of the experiment have been argued to demonstrate the impressionability and obedience of people when provided with legitimizing ideology and a social and institutional support. 24 male students out of 75 were selected to take on randomly assigned roles of prisoners and guards in a mm. mock prison situated in the basement of the Stanford Psychology Building for a period of 7 Ooh, to 14 days. Mm-hmm. Participants adapted to their roles well beyond expectations as oh. the guards enforced authoritarian measures and ultimately subjected some of the prisoners to psychological torture. Many of the prisoners passively accepted psychological abuse and, at the request of the guards, readily harassed other prisoners who attempted to prevent it. Oh. The experiment even affected Zimbardo himself, who, in his role as superintendent, permitted the abuse to continue. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, pretty unethical. This is uh, unethical. Is it, Joe? Yeah. Is yes. it? Yes. It's only unethical now because we've done it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have to actually do an unethical thing for it to be unethical. Yeah. I, I can't realize, argue with you there, Kevin. We did not realize this was unethical before we started. That whole thinking about it, that was actually kind of ethical. Mm-hmm. Then when you did it, that was fine. That's Two of the good. prisoners quit the experiment early, and the entire experiment was abruptly stopped after only six days to an extent because of the objections of social psychologist Christina Maslach. After Maslach confronted Zimbardo and forced him to realize he had been passively allowing unethical acts to be performed under his supervision, Zimbardo concluded that both prisoners and guards had become grossly absorbed in their roles and realized that he had likewise become as grossly absorbed in his own, and he terminated the experiment. Mm. Because of the nature and the questionable ethics of the experiment, Zimbardo found it impossible to keep traditional scientific controls in place. (laughs) Indeed, the scientific validity of the experiment is widely questioned with regards to selection bias and a low sample size. Right. Certain okay. portions of the experiment were filmed and excerpts of footage are publicly available. Okay. We so should... it's basically like, hey, all you students, let's have a fun time pretending we're in prison. And and, and we'll glean some information about interactions between guards and prisoners and it rapidly devolved into a Lord of the Flies situation. <laughs> yeah, it seems, yeah. seems to be that way. It's like if there had been a piggy, this piggy would have been <laughs> butt raped. If oh. they'd gone the full 14 days, uh, who knows what might have happened. There is a Stanford Prison Experiment uh, movie coming out. Yes, coming out very shortly. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, the, It actually has a really incredible cast. Tell me more. I've heard about this. This has been doing the festival circuit and has actually been uh, you know, getting a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Yep. Let's all go together. Uh, Caustic Soda movie night. And Woo! then we'll perform the experiment. Oh, what? I will be the guard. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Called it. Shotgun. All right. I will bring my own shank. Oh. I will play Christina Maslach and will tell you that what you're doing is wrong. Uh, damn you. <laughs> Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion to this episode of Caustic Soda. 